T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. This is the show about the show, the show within the show. And every week you can get this the same places that you get the DA Show podcast feed, which is Apple Podcasts, which is Stitcher or Spotify, which is Radio.com. If you are normally a subscriber to the DA Show's podcast, the daily podcasts, well, then you can see the PGP on that feed. If you just want the PGP feed, you can just search Permission Granted Podcast. And even better, you could tell your smart speaker, which I have been doing around the house, to simply play the Permission Granted Podcast. And your smart speaker will find it and then play it, including the most recent episode. So joining me now is Mraz, and both he and I and Bogish and Bilotti and Kaplan are all sprinkled at our homes these days doing the show because of the lockdown. And so this is Mraz's first appearance since we all split our ways because he was on paternity leave last week at home, and he joins me here on the PGP. Mraz, what's going on? What's up, DA? How are you? I feel like well, by the time I see you, you're going to have a beard down to your chest. I'm going to look awesome? like Roethlisberger. <laughs> we all might look like Roethlisberger. <laughs> no barbershops to be had. It's a real problem. So this is your first week doing the show down the line. I think we're making it work. I think we're we're doing the best that we can, and I think the show's been fun. My question is, we got to find the bright spot of the quarantine. So... Number one, let's do what's the best part of the quarantine? Okay, so for me, my favorite part is that I actually am doing things around my house Hmm. that I otherwise would have put off, whether it's because I was going to meet up with friends, maybe spending more time commuting in and out of work, or, you know, watching sports in general, which I would still have watching sports back, but... I did things like I fertilized my lawn. Nice. I, I, I probably would have waited till May to do that. Yeah. I, I had a big 
dirt muddy patch that my dog had messed up. I went and replanted some seed. I also am in the process, and I, I spoiler alert on this, I'm in the process of building a Bob's Bar second location at my house. Oh, is that right? So where, yeah, so I had a bunch of, I basically told Daniel, I said, look, I need to do this, this, and this with the house. So let's place a giant Home Depot order, and they'll deliver it so I don't have to go in the stores right now while this is all going on. And I ordered a bunch of lumber. I, I have a chop saw. I have a drill. Wow. And I watched a bunch of YouTube videos last week while I was on paternity and had to do this as my wife did as well. And uh, we have two sides now completely framed out and put together. And each day we're trying to tackle a little bit at a time because it's a little tricky when the baby's crying every half an hour or so. But the goal is by the end of April to have a second Bob's Bar location built in my backyard. And I would not otherwise be doing that if not for the quarantine. I love that. I really like that. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat because the Bourbon Bell and I bought our house back in January. Well, we moved in in January. We bought it slightly before then. And I've been kind of the same way. This past weekend, Saturday, I got my grill delivered and built the grill. And Great then, picture of that. Uh, and let me tell you something, that Instagram picture was a sign of of summer times ahead. I can yeah. smell the meats on it as you were building it. Yeah, and then on Sunday, I put together a dresser, her dresser for the master bedroom, and we're kind of renovating some of the rooms in the house. So I'm, I'm with you. It's been productive. My favorite part of the quarantine has been being creative with cooking now because you're not, <laughs> at least I'm not eating out. I mean, we, we're not going out to eat. Obviously, you can't go out to eat, but we haven't really done a lot of takeout either, so we've been having to cook for ourselves constantly. And it's like, okay, let's really think this through because we've got nothing but time. Okay, so wh- why don't we, wait, we can make this. Why don't we try this? We can try this with this. You know, it's given me a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a little bit of a spring. Like, oh, we've got time to really cook, and let's try to see, like, how we can make really good dinner. So, I don't know about you, but I've had some pretty good meals since quarantine. So I have had good meals as well. I think this actually opens up an interesting conversation because I'm a little bit of the opposite of you. I've eaten good, but are you saying that you're trying new things that you wouldn't otherwise try as far as recipes and cooking? Is that what you're saying you're doing right now? Yeah, a little bit. I think that we're being either a little bit more experimental or you can take a little bit more time to cook because it Mm -hmm. used to be, you know, you and I are commuting back and forth. We're waking up in the middle of the night. No time to, to to do a lot of cooking at night. I'm sure you with the baby. And now when you've stripped down like you can't go anywhere, all you have is time. Maybe it lends you, you know, some more patience to try new things to cook. So I like your mindset. And I had thought about that after I had gone shopping. So I basically stocked up for two weeks. As a matter of fact, I might be getting to the point where this week and I'm going to have to make another run. But I think I was sort of caught in the panic of it all where I just kind of wanted to accumulate whatever meat I knew I could cook. <laughs> and where, like, getting creative, I, you know, I have my spice rack, whatever, and all that, but there might be certain things I'm missing to really find the, the note on getting creative. You know what I mean? Yeah. So where I feel like the next go around, I really got to, before I go, script out a game plan, run my first 15 plays, mm-hmm. look up recipes I want to go with because these are other things I'm going to need besides the actual meat I'm buying. Where, I, I, you know, for the most part, I'm running out there, you know, my good chicken cutlets and all of that. Like the best thing I've had to make, Danielle, I had pre-panic bought some cuts of filet mignon that we had frozen. She made some nice filet mignon and shrimp with some great roasted oh. asparagus and mashed potatoes. Oh. That's probably the best home-cooked meal I've gotten. But I haven't exactly split the atom like you'd expect me to do just from the fact of I just need to make sure we accumulate whatever we have in the freezer and we'll figure out the meals from there. And I, mm. I'm now kind of disappointed listening to you. 
Well, last night, my favorite lockdown meal so far, I made pork chops last night. And I made mm. them on the grill. I, I marinated them in a little uh, little Worcestershire sauce with a little um, with a little Himalayan sea salt, and then some um, then some ground pla- bra- pla- uh, cracked pepper, oh. black cracked pepper. And I just did that on, uh, and then I just seared it on the grill. You know, a couple minutes on each side, then brought that in, and we had little mashed potatoes with it. And you know, part of this is having a grill. When you don't have a grill in the in the city, you can't you know, make pork chops the same way. Oh, but, without a doubt. But, you know, I haven't had pork chops, seared pork chops in years. And I just, we were just loving it. And I'm like, this is a really good, delicious meal. So what's Ooh. what's been your, is, is the filet mignon your favorite quarantine meal? Well, yes. And, and I actually, this weekend on Sunday night, now that you're bringing it up, I also had a stuffed pork loin with spinach and provolone nice. that I seasoned up really good. So I got that. It was like a local, you know, like a fancy butcher, if you will, had pre-stuffed it and stuff like that. So I had, that's also the place where I had the filet mignon that I kind of put away. So that was really good. And I seasoned it the right way. But now that you're explaining the seared pork chops, I really have to rethink my next food go around on this. Think about well, it. While everybody's just trying to marinate some grilled chicken here to get by, you're really, you're really being creative here. I'm yeah. disappointed as, as the salt and the sodium here that I'm not taking the steps you are. Try it. Try some seared meats on the grill. Marinate a little bit. Try some new cuts. Add some new sides. It'll give you a little spice of life because this is hard. I mean, let's let's take out the reality that people are losing jobs. The economy right. is obviously tanked. Stocks have tanked, which is a really tough reality. But what's also tough to me, the toughest part of the quarantine is the unknown and kind of lack of hope. I mean, I know people want to believe we're going to get out of this, but there is no timeline. If you just told us, okay, you know what? May 1st, we're all back to work and we're all fine. It's like, okay, I can deal with that. But when you go like, well, it could be mid-April. It could be mid-May. It could be June. It could be July. Without that, this never-ending when does this end is a real mind bleep, isn't it? It totally is, and the best way I can compare it, and, and I'm making a joke to laugh, but I am not trying to make light of the situation. I understand that there's a lot of serious things here, but I am comparing this to a Giancarlo Stanton injury. You just don't know. You just don't know when you're going to see the guy again. You just don't know when you're going to see reality again. It's, you roll your eyes and go, boy, this could, this could be two weeks. This could be four months. So basically this whole lockdown feels like John Carlos Stanton's entire tenure with the Yankees. There's, there's some hope, then there's none. I can't, it's, it's rough. It is rough. And, you know, you don't realize what you have in sports until it's gone. And oh. I know that there's like marble stuff out there, marble racing, and there's kind of silly stuff like that. I mean, I guess there's some stuff still going on. But honestly, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, March Madness baseball would all be going on simultaneously and XFL simultaneously and NASCAR and golf. So you just had this plethora of sports options that you always had something and you could choose what you wanted to watch. I realize I'm really in the dump some days knowing that there's no college basketball like this month is so much fun and this has ripped that all away. There's nothing out there. It's really hard to cope sometimes with that. There, I, I am at the point where I'm, I'm basically seeing my family very sporadically outside of, obviously, my yeah. daughter and my wife. And 
And friends, I haven't seen friends in about two weeks, friends I would grab a beer with, come over to see the baby, something like that. That, to me, is not nearly as sad as the fact that when I sit down at night, <laughs> last night, I watched an hour of the raiders Bucks Super Bowl. Now, the NFL Network has always already gotten to the point where they're playing bad Super Bowls. That's how much we've run out of classic content. I, I am hungry for it. I find it completely depressing, and you're right. There's something to be said. March was always that marker, right, in sports. We're in sports radio. Get to March Madness. Well, we're here, and we're not seeing the games, and I think it's going to hit me even worse in two weeks when every night and every weekend, no matter what time of night it was, you would have NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and that hope of spring in the air with some Major League Baseball, and the fact that we won't get a taste of that starting next week or in two weeks, that is really going to bog me down and bum me out. You know what I realized also last night? I missed the sound of Doc Emmerich's voice. I miss the sound of Mike Breen's voice. It's not even just the games. It's like the comfort food of them being there in the big moment, the big game. And that's not happening right now, and it's not going to happen for the foreseeable future. That is, that is making me more sad than not seeing people I'm close to. It's a real mind bleep in this way. For throughout our history, as a nation and our lives, every year all of these things happened by the clock. You knew when they happened, you knew when they started, you knew when they ended, you know what to expect. Of course, you have the anomaly of the 94 strike and the the year that the NHL lost to the lockout. But other than those two anomalies, everything always happens on time. And this year, not only will one of those things not happen, but none of the things happen. It is so crazy that we'll just look at the record book and be like, yeah, there was no Final Four and there was no NCAA tournament and there was no NBA playoffs, no Stanley Cup playoffs, and there was no Major League Baseball opening day. And like, it's just wiped out. And and, and throughout history, this has never happened. And look, I hope that they're able to get in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs and everything like that. But there's no guarantee. It's like, if you would have just taken away Stanley Cup plus and been like, man, that's a bummer. There's no hockey this year. Or just the NBA. Oh, that's a bummer. Or just the tournament. But nothing? No, right. no, nothing is totally devastating and a real mind bleep. Right. And even and even through like dark times in our history, you know, like tragedies like 9-11 and stuff. Yeah, sports might have been po- po- you know, postponed for a week or two, but they were usually always there, even when scary things have been going on in the world. It's always there as the release from everything. And the fact that we don't have that as a release, like the idea of being quarantined at home isn't that bad if you know you got games on all the time, even if they were played in front of empty buildings. It's, there's nothing to lean on. I mean, how many times are you going to fire up the same Netflix show? That, that is really grueling, not having that on the clock. But I also think that the light at the end of the tunnel, if I try to think about this positively, is you will never not be able to have enough sports. I think if you've lived through this as a sports fan and you're anywhere between the ages of 13 and 73 years old, I don't think you'll ever, I'm just, you know, arbitrary numbers, I don't think you'll ever find another point in time in your life where you say to yourself at night, if you flip it through the channels, ah, do I really want to watch that game? I think you'll, you'll always have that, you know what, I'm going to soak this in. I'm not, I'm not going to miss this Monday night game. I'm not going to miss this Thursday night NBA game to watch the cooking channel. I think people are going to have a greater appreciation for sports, if you are a sports fan, when this is all said and done. I, I feel I damn sure will. I agree, and I would also say what you realize when you're a sports fan <clears throat> is that movies and TV shows suck comparatively. There's some good there's some good TV shows, there's a lot of good movies, but nothing is as good as having sports on every night. There's nothing as good. 
you're right. And to that point, and this is the cynic in me, this is the sports broadcaster in me, this is the sports fan in me. I am now watching TV shows and movies that I was excited to watch as my release from sports, as my supplement to sports. And because of that, I am being overly critical. You know, I'm watching an episode of This Is Us, the finale last night, and me and Daniel usually enjoy that. And I'm sitting there and I'm complaining about the director as if he's Pat Shermer. And I'm, <laughs> I'm pointing out problems. And it's just, that's what my brain is trained to do. And I'm already now so starved for the way I watch sports and the way I enjoy sports and the way, you know, I vent about sports that I'm turning my te- my enjoyable TV shows with my family that are my release from that. I am watching those the way I watch sports and it's ruining it for everybody else in my house. And I find that to be real troublesome. I know. I know. You just realize when you're a sports fan, nothing can supplement it. Nothing can replace the void. It doesn't matter how good the TV show is. It, there's just nothing that gives you the rush and the interest and the excitement of a good game. Even a bad game is better than usually a good TV show. Give me a bad game in the worst way right now. I know. So, bright note, though, we've debuted two new segments this week. And number one was the rap battle between Bilotti and Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife, <laughs> because she was going stir-crazy, and she sang um, Hip Hop Hooray by Naughty by Nature. We didn't know how it would go. Props to Bogish for forcing the, the hand on air, but I think that's the hardest that I've laughed in three weeks. Yes, I needed it. I was in tears, uh, obviously listening to it. And I think more so than anything, just hearing Pete and knowing that he basically taped that in his bathroom added a little <laughs> something to it as well. That Pete is basically staring in a mirror in a picture and kind of moving his hands and fist pumping as he tries to get the take right and all of that. I think all of that, if you think of it in that manner, makes it even funnier. But if I know that once a week, while I don't have games and we are sitting on quarantine, I could get Pete doing some kind of classic hip-hop song rapping, to me, that is a marker and somewhere I can look forward to. If I know every Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to hear Pete do a rap that I haven't listened to yet. To me, that is the ultimate passing of time. And what did you want to call it? What was the, the slogan you wanted to call the bit? I wanted to call it, like, if, if you ever watch a good rap battle on some of these shows, they will say that they put him in a body bag. Since Pete's the body, I want to call it body bagged. <laughs> body bagged. Pete raps the classics. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Oh, Pete got him, he got him. Put him in that body bag. Also, Pete just very kind of uh, one tone yet saying, hey, ho, hey, ho. Energy or rhythm to it. It was like he was reading hey, ho off a script. No, Pete, you kind of got to sing it a little bit. Give it a little oomph. Hey, ho, hey, ho. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> really awesome. And then we also debuted Mothership at the Movies, and that's, uh, that was Get with Blue Chips. ready. Yeah, that was with uh, Blue Chips this, this week. I, I really enjoyed that because it gave me a release to break down something sports-wise. Yep, yep. I, I sat with a notepad watching Blue Chips taking notes. I had Taylor in one arm. I had the notepad in the other. And we went down the movie one by one. And to be honest, I had a full page of notes, half of the stuff I didn't even get to. That's that's how much I'm into breaking down something. <laughs> I, I could have done a full hour on blue chips. And then I'm hearing Bogus do it. And right now, me and Bogus kind of, uh, because of our capabilities, can't be talking on the air at the same time. I'm yelling at the computer at myself as I'm hearing Bogus break it down with you. It's, uh, it's something I need. And I'm looking forward to doing that as the weeks go on. Yeah, because... 
you know, what are what are the projects that me, you, Bogish, would all be taking notes about a movie unless we had this huge void in our lives where we needed to break things down? I mean, this is just right. like how we're wired to do it. And all three of us, we did not tell each other to do this. This wasn't a requirement. All of us were jotting down notes for talking points and things we really wanted to get to the next day. That's pretty <laughs> right. amazing. Right. I didn't want to forget anything. And actually, now that you say that real briefly, let me just rip through a couple of things I had a problem with. Why not? I got you on the phone just real quickly. The op- Did you notice in the opening speech that Pete Bell says something about we might as well be playing in our jock straps? Did I miss when basketball players started wearing jock straps? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I guess I took it for granted. I, you don't think they do, huh? You don't think that they worry about getting... No. Why would you do that in basketball? I think that would slow you down. And then just one more I'll leave you on. Did you notice that when he has one game left in that season to finish under five hundred, and the next game is going to be in two nights or whatever, he goes to his ex-wife's house and she says she spent the whole day with her class making Valentine's. Yeah. Now, you mean to tell me this college basketball season is ending on Valentine's Day? <laughs> How is that possible? We don't even get March Madness till the end of March. I mean, we had con- and, and one game under 500. How good was that conference? They couldn't qualify for a conference tournament? Yeah, that's true. So there was no conference tournament. They had no postseason option, no NIT, and it's Valentine's Day. That's a dark season. Yeah, I, I wonder what happened that year in the college basketball season. Those are just a couple of things I jotted down <laughs> that I wanted to ask. Obviously. One other thing that I noticed also in that opening speech, that tirade by Coach Bell, is that he goes into lockers and he's throwing things out of the lockers. He's throwing that water cooler, and I think he even pins a guy up against the wall or something. You could never do that today. One of those players would tweet that out. One of those players would have some video of it. One of those players oh, would be like, be oh, my Twitch. coach is abusing us. I mean, that... You know, he's lucky he, he was an old-school guy because that, that wouldn't fly anymore. Absolutely. He would end up coaching like he did in the end anyway at some high school somewhere, but like six years later where he had to prove that he changed his temperament. Pete Bell would not survive in the 2020 college basketball season. All right, that is side A, Mraz. Thank you very much. Very good. We'll do this again. Sounds good. Take care. Welcome into side B of the PGP, and now we welcome on our good friend Andrew Bogish. Mr. Bogues, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. I just did some kind of hand signal to celebrate being on side B, as if anybody could see me doing it, uh, nice. but I saw it, so I guess that's good enough. Nice. Yeah, yeah. no. What, what was the hand signal like? Um, you know, like a kind of, almost like a left hand shaking gesture as if I was PDB rapping against Rita Wilson, <laughs> like this would be my hand to keep my beat. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what'd you think? I mean, today I thought it uh, it was probably the best thing we've done all week. I mean, it's just Pete really is a wealth of content, <laughs> and it's like an iceberg, right? When they say like the tip is just like the, like ninety percent of the iceberg is underneath <laughs> the water, we are just at the tip of the iceberg that is Pete Bellotti content, and I give him credit for even doing it in the first place, and then doing a pretty a pretty darn good job rapping against Mrs. Hanks. It really was good. I mean, Rita Wilson, Hanks's wife, is very, very good. But Pete was, he was better than I thought he was going to be. He started strong. I do agree in Sean's point that at some point, Pete was just kind of doing a dramatic reading of the song, as opposed to like rapping. I thought he lost a little bit of his like sing-songiness at one point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete's got some flow. 
Uh, Pete's got some pizzazz. I don't know that he should have a, a career change, but at least he's got maybe a, a side hobby now. What do you think about titling it Body Bagged? <laughs> I think that's perfect. And we then need some kind of like real hardcore voiceover guy to go like Body Bagged. And like almost hear like a zipper sound effect go as well, like as the clinching sound effect in, in these rap battles. <laughs> So the only thing is, who would Pete rap against now? Because we're not going to get a lot of celebrities, I don't imagine, True. doing what Rita Wilson did. Well, there is, again, Chet Hanks, who there is okay. their son. And I think, I don't, I don't know if he's technically a rapper or wants to be a rapper or was a rapper. Like, I don't know if anyone ever paid money to get a Chet Hanks rhyme. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that there's a Chet Hanks catalog that is probably online that we could find and maybe put him up against pete i don't i don't know or just you know what pete just rapping yeah he doesn't need an opponent him just true, rapping true. about anything is going to be a good listen uh the other thing that we did this week was the mothership at the movies get your popcorn ready and we broke down blue chips was there anything that we didn't get to on the air that you really wanted to vent about on blue chips i don't know i see i looked at it sean of course took it as if it was a documentary and was debating whether or not it was you know going out as if it was a real game i i was looking more at it as like from a cinematic standpoint and i i thought they did a really good job because normally sports movies to me suck because they try too hard to make them extra dramatic when they're plenty dramatic and oftentimes you know the actor doesn't even know how to throw a football yet he's the star quarterback of the nfl i thought they did a really good job of making this as real life as possible i thought all the early basketball scenes were great like nothing was out of whack or didn't make sense until the end and i think it went off the rails it was almost like they got tired of paying attention to details <laughs> and at the end as we mentioned on the show they had reporters clapping for pete bell coming into the coming into the press conference after beating Indiana. But even in the Indiana game, they're trying to make the game dramatic at the end. And, like, the time and score sequence got out of whack with calling a timeout, and it was, they should have been on their last shot, and all of a sudden there was more time on the clock. Then all of a sudden they both had, like, ten more points. They did a second ago. It got a little out of whack there. And then to me, I, I know why they did it. But if you're, if you're going along literally, which I was doing for most of the movie because that's what they wanted you to do, you know, that game – and here's maybe me, me overthinking it, but that game against Indiana is basically opening night, right? So it's prime time. It's on, it's on ESPN because Dickie V is there. So it's probably like an 8 p.m., 7 p.m. local start time. The game is two-plus hours. He goes in the locker room. Then he goes into the press conference. Then he walks out of the arena and starts wandering through the neighborhood, and he stumbles upon eight-year-olds playing basketball. They w it, it's got to be past 10 o'clock at night. I would hope they'd be at home asleep or at least just inside their house, yet there they are under the lights being coached by a strange old man who just walks mm. over to them, mm. and that's how we transition to what Pete Bell is after all of this. So um, I just I thought from they did a really good job of, of being a sports movie, and then at the end, it got a little a little sloppy, much to my chagrin. Well, I mean, number one, what they were trying to show was that Pete Bell, at his core, was a teacher. He yes. was a coach. He was not a win-at-all-cost mercenary, and that he could get back to the joy of just coaching once he became pressurized to have to win and compromise his ethics and values. You know what? I mean, he was he was not himself. So that's what they were trying to show there. I would also say, though, on that point, 
Wasn't it funny when he told Butch McRae's mom, Penny Hardaway's mom, you know, why do you want to teach him to be a bad leader growing up? Why do you want him to cheat? Why do you want him to take bribes? And she said something like, you know, at least he'll be a millionaire or something like that. And then he yells at Ricky Rowe, get out of my office, when Ricky Rowe asked for $30,000. Eventually he succumbs to that. But I'm like, those players would never then play for you. They would have the $30,000 offer from a different place. Right. Like Rick, Ricky Rowe doesn't suddenly go, oh, my God, I got humiliated by my coach. But now they're willing to pay. So, yeah, I'll go to Western. The, all those guys would be like, peace out. I'm going to another team that'll, that'll, uh, that'll pay me. Well, and, and did I miss, like, when was that supposed to be that Ricky Rowe walks in in full uniform <laughs> yeah. and goes, give me money, and he goes, get out of here take that uniform off. Was that like for team photo day? It was because it wasn't before the Indiana game, obviously. So I don't, that was a random scene. Like they maybe disconnected from like the normal timeline of things. But anyway, yeah, I mean, there, those guys would have definitely bounced. And I think Butch McCray would have bounced too. When like, he would have been like, fine, I'll, we'll move back home. Like if, so yeah, there's there's I guess if I if I went back through, there's a couple more things that would have annoyed me looking at it from a very like anal point of view about it being factual and and the correct time frame. But but that's the whole point of this exercise is for us to be really anal, to take notes, to look at the reality of the situation because we're sports guys and we have no games to break down. So I was just talking about this with Mraz. Didn't it feel good to watch what amounted to be a game or a sports thing and take notes on it and to think of topic points and to want to talk about them like it scratched that itch for us yes and it's and for me too it also scratched the itch of i love the oh remember that guy game and there's a lot of guys like rex walters i don't know what rex walters did in his random times in the nba but he'll always be the blue chips guy to me and then watching it again the other day i still can't believe rick fox is like an actual actor now He's in this movie for a second, playing alongside George Lynch, who's getting top billing as a player over handsome Rick Fox. There's so many things to unpack on that that angle, too. That I loved also about this was that they used athletes to act instead of actors to play sports. And it made it so much better because all these other sports movies have all these actors trying to hit a baseball, trying to hit a jump shot, and it just looks bad. The, this whole movie is casted by athletes first. Even Ricky Rowe didn't go on to any great shakes. He played internationally for a number of years, but he was an Indiana Hoosier recruit. He was a player in Indiana. And there's a rumor that, that Bob Knight demanded he be in the movie or that one of his guys be in the movie, and that was part of why, how they got Bob Knight to be in it as himself. Now, the people around the movie will confirm that he made such a firm request but that's because i'm trying to think now oh i think even rex walters wanted to get that part and they said a lot madden over and the thought was because bob knight was kind of like do me a solid and i'll do you a solid by being in the movie and apparently letting nick nolte you know walk around and watch me be bob knight yeah yeah i know it so that's why it holds up is because it's a future it's a modern look at college basketball because it's cynical and it's about the seedy underbelly of recruiting, but also because it's athletes and it's not dorky, nerdy actors trying to, to hit a jump shot. No, and so, you know, it's, it's been a long time now. I mean, Shaq in his prime is almost unfathomable. Yes. Like physically and yes. skill wise. And it sounds mean, but I'm like, you know, and, but I'm watching and I'm like, 
how is this guy not better? Yep. Like, I mean, he, there, there should have never been a way to slow him down. And there kind of wasn't. But, I mean, when you watch him just running and jumping and being so huge, it doesn't make sense that a human could actually function like that. I know. I thought the same thing. Now, at that time, he's not totally filled out like he was by the end, the midway through his NBA career, even early NBA career, because that was 94. So that was probably his second season in the league, maybe his rookie season in the league. And, you know, he's still relatively thin when he puts on another 50 pounds. Like Shaq is, as, as you say, he's completely unstoppable. He should have actually averaged 50 points a game for a bulk of his career. Yeah, when he adds a third of a jock alone. Yeah. Maybe that's the tipping point yeah. into where, but it just, it, it, he doesn't make sense. And there's never been a human like him. He should have been able to do whatever he wanted in every NBA game he played. Final question. What's the best quarantine meal that you've had? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so my daughter and I made delicious um, strawberry ice cream the other day. It came out mm. really, really well. Um, but I did have, we had a, as far as full on meals, we had a really good Greek meal from a local restaurant recently that we had been meaning to try and thought, Hey, you know, kill two birds with one stone, be lazy, don't eat, but also support the places around us that are still, um, that are still open and serving people. So we had a Mm -hmm. really good pork souvlaki, uh, Mm. falafel, some soup. It was a good meal. Oh, that sounds really good. Well, onward and upward, my friend. This is week two for us doing the shows from home, and uh, I think they're getting better by the day. I think we've we've hit a bit of a rhythm here, so uh, we'll keep going. Yeah, we got Shawnee back. I think we have most of our technical uh, bumps in the road smoothed out. So, yeah, only up and up from here. All right. Well, thanks, bro, for, uh, for joining me on Side B, and I'll talk to you tomorrow on the show. All right. Sounds good. Okay, that is Side B and the Permission Granted Podcast. Again, you can subscribe by simply going to any of the podcast platforms and finding Permission Granted Podcast. But also, you can tell your smart speaker to play the Permission Granted Podcast, and it'll play the most recent episode for you. Until next week, we'll see you then. The Mothership Disconnects. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 